0: The following audio is from Life Point Church, located in O'Fallon, Missouri. For more information about Life Point Church, visit us online at thelifepointconnection.com. Hey, uh, I wanted to say welcome to Life Point Church. I'm so glad you're here today. My name is John Lewis, I'm the connections pastor here at the church, so I'm happy you're here today. Also, uh, I'm happy to be able to share God's word with you while our lead pastor is on vacation in Gulf Shores, Alabama. Uh, so he every year, he takes his family to Gulf Shores for Thanksgiving. So while we're up here wearing coats, he's on the beach with no shirt on and sunglasses. All right? I, you know, I'm, I'm a little bitter inside and happy for him at the same time. But man, I'm, th- I'm thankful that uh, he allows uh, other elders like myself to come up here and share God's word with you. So man we couldn't do what we do at life point church without pastor eric so i'm, I'm thankful uh, that he gets to take the time off that he gets to do, gets to go down there especially after working double time to get this new place ready for us to move into in just a couple weeks also i want to say thanks to all of our volunteers because man if you volunteer at life point church we literally cannot do what we do without you So, man, we appreciate everything. We appreciate the time that it takes, the treasure that you give, uh, and the effort that it takes to put into all of that. So we want to say thank you for everything. Uh, Hey, open up your Bibles to Joshua chapter 3. Joshua chapter 3. You guys mind if I tell you a story? Can I tell you all a story? I knew you'd say yes. That's what I wanted to ask, all right? So uh, I got to take some time off last week and go down to rural Missouri, uh, where me and Gina are both from, and uh, go deer hunting. And listen, I love to deer hunt, but I don't, I don't want to pretend like I'm some fantastic hunter that I'm, you know, you know, just trapsing through the woods at every chance I get, you know, and slaying every foul beast that's out there, okay? Uh, I wish I was a great hunter, but I've only been hunting for a few years and probably just an average hunter, but I really like to do it, okay? Uh, but you know who is a great hunter? Uh, and who didn't get a deer this year? And that would be Caleb Sheet. And I did get a deer this year. Okay, Caleb didn't get a deer. That would make me probably a better deer hunter than Caleb. I just wanted to throw that out there. Okay. So if you say, if you see him, just make sure you mention that to him. All right. I'm just kidding. So uh, I want to tell you a story about my deer hunting experience over this weekend. Man, I left O'Fallon and I get down there to Poplar Bluff and I get to the woods to where I, me and my dad hunt every year. And so I get out of my truck, and Friday night was still bow season, so I was going to go bow hunting, and uh, the next day was rifle season. So uh, I'm just getting out there. I have my deer stand on my back, and I have my bow with me, and I have these these reflective tacks in my pocket, okay? These reflective tacks are important to mark your trail as you're going, because when you leave the forest, it's going to be dark. And when you get up in the morning at like 3.30 or 4.30, it's dark going in, okay? So I wanted to mark my trail going in and coming out that I would make sure I was not getting lost. So I have my bow, got my stand, I'm walking through, and as I'm I'm going every 50 feet, and I'm putting a tack on this side of the tree, and I'm putting a tack on this side of the tree because i got to leave the woods after I finish deer hunting tonight. I don't want to get lost. So I'm going in, I'm putting a tack on putting an tack on, and then I realize in my pocket I'm running out of tacks, okay, I'm like, shoot, I should have bought another box of these reflective tacks, and I get out there, and I'm not going to put them on the other side, okay, I'll just go a few extra feet, and not put them on there, uh, so I'm walking, I finally uh, get to my tree that I hunt out of every year, and I put two tacks right there, that way I know to stop, and that's where my tree stand is, so I take my tree stand off, I hook it everything up, I, you know, shimmy up, shimmy up the tree, and uh, I sat there all night, and the wind was blowing, it was freezing, and then you, during that time, you really start to wonder, why am I out here, all right, it's, I'm sitting out in the cold, and it's supposed to be fun, okay, and then I lie to myself and tell me I'm providing for my family by deer hunting, and it costs me so much money every year, it's a, it's a lie, I'll tell you it's a lie, okay, so I'm sitting there, and this, this has never, ever happened to me, anytime I've been hunting. I was sitting there, and then suddenly I see two deer right at the bottom of my stand. Unbelievable, okay? And then I see a doe walk up, and then I see a buck walk up. And I'm like, this is amazing. This is amazing, okay? And so it's getting dark, okay? And they're not in front of me. They're to my left. I shoot left-handed, okay? I'm like this. So to stand up and to shoot like this is a challenge, okay? because I could fall out of the tree, I could miss, okay? which is what I usually do anyway, so I don't want to make you think that that's not something that usually doesn't happen. And so I'm like, well, it's dark, it's getting dark, I only have a few minutes left I can even see. If they, if they get scared when I stand up, it's no big deal. So I do, I stand up, I turn like this, and I aim at the doe first, okay? and I draw back, and uh, my, something bumps my arm, it was something. I don't know what bumped my arm out there, okay, to make me miss. My, my arm hit the tree, and when it did, I accidentally hit my release, and it almost hit the doe, but I knew I missed. I was like, dang, she ran off, but the other two deer stayed there. So I was like, well, I'll just try to get one of those. I did hit the other deer, but the deer ran off, took my arrow with it, couldn't find my arrow, couldn't find the deer. So that was, that was okay. I felt bad for not you know, being able to take it home and put it in the freezer, but you know, I'm sure a coyote had a good lunch, okay? I'm just kidding. Okay, I'm sad about the coyote and the deer. Somebody's going to email me now being like, that is terrible. And I agree with you, that is terrible. Okay, I am so sorry. I am so sorry. So I shimmy down the tree, and uh, it's time for me to pack up my stuff, put my backpack on, and I'm starting to leave. And uh, as I'm leaving, uh, I'm thinking, I know where to go, okay, from here. I'm just this way, okay? I just go this way, keep the thick woods to my left, Down this hill is like a a dried up creek bed. If I just stay right here, I can find my way back to my truck. And uh, eventually my trail hits a cross trail and I can easily find my truck, no big deal. And it's too dark. And I'm not seeing any of the few tacks that I put out on the other side of the tree. So I'm walking I'm like, after a while, I'm like, I've been walking for like 10 or 15 minutes. And I mean, it's, it's about half a mile, three quarters of a mile into the woods. It takes 20 minutes to walk a mile, and I haven't seen any of my tacks. And I'm like, I'm starting in my mind to think, I think I'm lost, okay? And when you're in the woods, and it's dark, okay, the woods look completely different, and... In your mind, all you can think of is uh, The Walking Dead. Uh, if you're old enough to remember the Blair witch trials, all right, you know. If you've seen uh, the cartoon The Gruffalo, I'm thinking The Gruffalo is out here, okay? And I'm going out there and I'm, and I'm like, gosh, man, I hope I really am not lost. But all I can do is keep walking, okay? I'm just gonna keep walking. And eventually, I turn around and I see one of my trail markers. And I'm like, oh my gosh, I'm not lost oh my goodness, this is so great. I walk another 50. I see my, another trail marker. I keep going like that. And I just keep looking behind me to make sure there's something there marking my trail, letting me know I am going in the right direction. And then finally I hit my cross trail. I go back to my truck where it's nice and warm. And I finally get to go to five star China buffet and catch up with my mom and dad and eat some Chinese food. And it was so good. All right. It was a good time. Man, it is so important to have something that you can look back on and say, you know what? I remember that, and I remember uh, God's goodness in my life. Because when you do that, it assures you that I am doing the right thing and I am going in the right direction. You guys, follow me with that. You follow me with that? Yeah. I couldn't. So you guys got to help me preach a little bit. All right. Are you following me with that? Yeah. Okay. Hey, so open up your Bibles to Joshua chapter three. Joshua chapter three. So what we've got here is Joshua has just taken command of uh, the nation of Israel being part of the Lord's army and when you think of Joshua, you can think of a pretty rough dude. When I think of like his beard, he probably has a beard like Justin Payne, all right? It's like super long. This dude's voice probably sounds like he just gargles with gravel and whiskey every morning, and he's a rough voice, and he's probably battle-scarred up, he's muscled up, and he's, you know, I picture Joshua being like this, but God using him, like he's a, he probably cusses too much, but God uses him in this special way. And uh, he's a servant of God, and he's, but he is, he's tough. He's a tough dude, okay? So he's talking uh, to God, and he's talking to the nation of Israel. And here's what happens. Joshua chapter 3. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, let me back up. Go to verse 7. The Lord said to Joshua, Today I will begin to exalt you in the sight of all Israel. That they may know that as I was with Moses, so I will be with you. And as for you, command the priests who bear the Ark of the Covenant. So the Ark of the Covenant is this special box that had some special things in it for the people of Israel. It was a it was like an object of worship, and it was like the presence of God in the nation of Israel. And they, they had special instructions for who could carry it and how it could be carried. And so When you come to the brink of the waters of the Jordan, you shall stand still in the Jordan. So verse 9. And Joshua said to the people of Israel, Come here and listen to the words of the Lord your God. And Joshua said, Here is how you shall know that the living God is among you. Man, wouldn't it be nice if somebody was like, Here's how you're going to know God is with you and then they, then they spend the next 10 minutes laying out these details for the next 24 hours. Wouldn't that be amazing? You'd be like, oh, wow, I know I'm, supposed, I'm doing what I'm supposed to do, because there's a message from God. He told me this is what it is. I remember being in high school and talking to uh, one of my mentors in the youth group, and I said, I just wish that God would just tell me what I'm supposed to do with my life, because then you don't have to worry about making any mistakes. You just There's the information. You just take it and you run with it. He says, yeah, but then where would all that faith be? You wouldn't have any faith then if you just knew every step of the way. And God wants you to have faith. Fortunately, I don't want to lie to you because I'm not going to tell you that we have a road map for life. Because the only maps I see in this book are in the very back. And they don't even tell me how to get to Highway K from here. So but what we do have is we do have the scriptures that point us to the gospel and point us to the Jesus every time point us to Jesus every time and we also have a gift that is given to us who's the holy spirit the great comforter that does lead us and guide us on our way and i feel like that that is a better thing than having these detailed instructions for the next 24 hours joshua says god is among you Look at verse 10, and Joshua said, here is how you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will without fail. I want you to stop right there at that spot. That he will without fail. Man, that right there, that'll preach, all right? We could just like hear that and be like, all right guys, let's have another couple more worship songs and let's go have some Taco Bell, all right? That was, that's amazing. God will without fail. And did you know that you can take any promise of God and stick it right after that, that phrase right there in your own life? That God will without fail. Did you know that God will renew your strength without fail? And that he will give you a hope and a future without fail, that he'll be with you without fail and make your path straight without fail. He'll give you stop, he'll give you life to the full without fail. He'll never stop pursuing you, never, never going to stop giving up on you, never going to stop forgiving your sins, casting them as far as the east is from the west, never stop giving you his grace. God will never fail at those things. Amen. God will never stop beating death with eternal life. He will never stop, never end, never go away. And when, when you ask, well, who is going to be with me? God will without fail. Who's going to give me hope when I need hope? Well, God will without fail. And who will be with you in your time of need? God will without fail. So here the people are. He's giving them some instructions. And he says this. This is how you shall know that the living God is among you and that he will, without fail, drive out from before you the Canaanites, the Hittites, the Hivites, the Perizzites, the Girgashites, the Amorites, the Jebusites, and the Mosquito Bites. Man, we hate those mosquitoes, man. Probably should have been the Missouri State Bird or something, you know, we have so many of them around here. And he says, Behold, the ark of the covenant of the Lord of all the earth is passing over you before, before you into the Jordan. Now, therefore, take 12 men from the tribes of Israel, from each man a tribe, and when the soles of the feet of the priests bearing the ark of the Lord, the Lord of all the earth, shall rest in the waters. Now, stop right there for a second. Notice that it says, rest in the waters. What's going to happen next is that God is going to part the Jordan River, like he did the Red Sea. But he's asking the people to do something different. This time he's saying, hey, when before I part the waters, I need the people to get their feet in the water first. Okay? Now, this is a at this time of year, listen, I don't want to pretend like I'm some fancy meteorologist that knows the weather of the Middle East and Israel, because I can't even understand the weather of the Midwest, okay? I mean, dude, it snowed before Thanksgiving eight inches. Like three times it snowed already. I don't, I don't know what's happening to our world, okay? And so, but apparently at this time of year, the Jordan River would have been flooded, okay? Growing up in an area where a lot of rivers flooded and being near the Mississippi like we are, When a river floods, you don't just run to it. You go the other way. Am I right? You don't just be like, oh, there's the flood is coming up on our house. Let's just camp right here by this flooded river and then let it overtake our camp. You know, let's drive into the